0: wrestling fans it's that time for them boys from 607 podcast to talk all things pro wrestling that's right it's time for this week's edition of 607 podcast presents the wrestling show better known as 607TWS and as you always know we are the only pro wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle we are coming to you this week from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games, I am your host, and I'm also the host of the 3FN Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me in the co-pilot's chair as he does each and every week, but you better know him as the host of the Show Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the
1: ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall That's we? That's
0: right. We got some pro grappling action to talk about lots of stuff on the docket yes lots of big things happening we got in the main event two events to preview you know we have A- nxt which you know we couldn't believe that they're actually having yet another pay-per-view yes or sorry premium, premium live, live event. event. but on the pay-per-view end we have ring of honors final, final battle yep 2022 to end out the year so We got that going on. Also in the mid card, we're going to be doing that, hitting that indie roundup, talking about game changer wrestlings past weekend, as well as the wrestling revolver and that tremendous card they had over there. And we're going to kick the show off with probably the biggest news in pro wrestling currently, the whole William Regal saga. But before we can get there, Ken M, tell the fine folks how to find you. And the ODPH podcast.
1: Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on the social media accounts. They're all right there on the front page, along with the links to the T Public store, the Patreon, Parlay Points blog section. The Classifieds, which has links to 3FN Podcast, the Directory, anything and everything that is the ODPH can be found at odphpodcast.com.
0: And of course, if you want to get a hold of myself and the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNpodcast.com. All the social media links are there as well. Also, Patreon link is there, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content, but you don't have to even remember that. You just go click the link at the website. Also, our T Public link is there. Uh, If you want to get some nerdware and uh, rock that swag and also support us that way as well, Also, you can visit uh, the friends of the show, because much like Ken M here, our website, take you right over there, you can also listen to the ODPH from the website as well. On top of all of that, Ken, we have our musical directory, which features such bands like Floodlands, who does the theme song for 607-TWS every week. The song is called Ruins. Support them on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And last but certainly not least, is the local sponsors, who help us bring these shows to commercial-free each and every week, And the main sponsor of 607TWS is Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit DragonMasterGames.com. Check them out. It's great stuff. And if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about events at the shop, hit them up and uh, like them on Facebook, Dragon Master Games. Mm -hmm. Appreciate all the stuff they do for us. But yeah, man, gonna great week, lots to talk about. And you know what, uh, Ken? I think that there's so much to talk about. You better check your watch because I believe it's time! That's right. It's time to kick off the show in the opening contest. And, of course, in the opening contest, we have to talk about the biggest news going down in pro wrestling today, Ken. And that, of course, is William Regal. Yeah, it has been this uh, is wild. So let's start. Let's go the trajectory of this story, right? Because mm-hmm. I want to get this all out there. So originally, a week ago, a little over a week ago, we had heard some rumblings. We didn't cover it here because I didn't believe them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We had heard some rumblings coming out. And there's reasons I didn't believe it coming out of the Wrestling Observer and Dave Meltzer. And yes, he said it. It's on. It's on docket that said that uh, William Regal was signing an extension. A three-year extension, if I remember correctly, was the exact years to stay with AEW. But a day later, he started walking it back. Like, oh, I don't know. I just had heard that from some people, but now I'm being told that that may not necessarily happen. So he started walking it back. Let's fast forward to Dynamite this past week, Mm -hmm. which, listen, man, if you like watching AEW and you like the, the product, once again, on, it's fine. I will always back you up. Love what you love. We say that here all the time. Absolutely, right? yep. I'm not shitting on anybody, and don't take offense. to This that was a horrible episode of Dynamite.
1: That was one of the worst on record.
0: And I have to, I pointed this out to Ken. That was the worst MJF promo of all time. Five minutes too
1: long, and just dragging and dragging and dragging along.
0: Oh, absolutely, it's fucking insane. So now we are going to kick on over. To that segment because William Regal's out, they bring out MJF, they unveil the new title, the new Burberry belt. Yeah. And then at the end of it, MJF punches Regal in the back of the head wearing brass knucks and leaves him in the ring. That's it. That's how they're writing William Regal off, by the way. Once I saw that, I was like, he's gone. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, this was so sudden, especially with how many storylines he was getting set up to be
0: tied into. Is this kind of and, and I got I got to ask you this. I want your opinion. This is once again. This is unbiased. This is just an opinion. Is that ending remind you of a TNA or sorry, Impact Wrestling kill somebody before they leave gimmick because <laughs> I know they just killed off Eric Young this week because he's allegedly returning to World Wrestling Entertainment. 1000%. This was kind of like almost like he, I know he's not dead. Right, but, but this this had that
1: feeling to it. Just, I am sorry. Just those absurd. Im-, I'm sorry. I love Impact Wrestling, but when they go off on those kind of angles, I find them absurd. This was one of those absurd endings.
0: Whenever somebody leaves Impact, if you're not up on date with it, usually they kill them.
1: Yeah. Like, so like not, style. not
0: real death, obviously, yeah. but they kill them. Soap opera stuff. Like, it just happened this past week to Eric Young. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting this happened on the same week that Eric, Eric Young dies. <laughs> in in storyline in the ring. Yeah. When, uh, because he's allegedly going back to World Wrestling Entertainment, which I believe. I, they don't, they haven't said if he's going to be a coach or if he's wrestling or whatever. But we do know that he's going back.
1: I got a feeling they're bringing Sanity back.
0: They might. That's my really They pick. might. But I think they also might use him in the back as a producer as well. Yeah. Maybe he's doing double duty. Who knows? Player coach kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They've done that before. They could do it again. Uh, also, we've, uh, speaking of rumors in WWE, Colby Carino is, uh, allegedly, on his way to world wrestling entertainment yeah i heard about that he's finishing up his dates with nwa allegedly pw insider is is reporting and i i I trust them more
2: Mm -hmm.
0: because that's where we're getting to so before before this show the same day wednesday mike johnson of pw insider who as you know we've always said he does as far as journalists go in my opinion he is the gold standard of of wrestling journalists am i wrong no, he absolutely is. Because he usually doesn't, if it's a rumor, he'll call it a rumor. And if it's something that he knows is probably going to happen, or like he's got to be almost 100% certain for something to happen before he'll say it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And he said on Wednesday that William Regal's contract is up as of the end of this month, and that he would be returning to World Wrestling Entertainment. Broke it that day, and then they did what they did at night. So I'm in. in my head, I'm going, okay, well, if Mike Johnson's wrong and they worked him, that means that they did this to fuck with the internet, and I'm I'm on board with that. Mm-hmm. But then it got off the rails. It's now being widely reported, including the fact that Mike Johnson then turned around and goes, oh yeah, he's starting at the beginning of the year in World Wrestling Entertainment. Right. He's going to, in my opinion, take his proper seat at the right hand of Triple H, while Triple H runs World Wrestling Entertainment, which we knew would probably happen. Everybody but Tony Khan, I guess, knew that would happen.
1: Well, it's something that obviously you knew what they built in NXT and the friendship that they've had. And obviously with Triple H coming back into power and now running WWE, this was a no-brainer just depending on when Regal was out of his AEW contract. Because I know the rumors were, I think it was actually saying that he was signed for three years. I don't think he was doing an extension, but I could be wrong about that. But it was just the length of time of the contract nobody really knew. But now with the widespread reporting that is going on, it makes a lot more sense of what's going on.
0: There's also a lot of uh speculation that might be tied it might not i agree with our good friend walt he said that william regal such a class act he'll probably never speak about it which Mm. is true oh absolutely but there's been a lot of speculation that part of the reason that william regal obviously the biggest reason he's going back to wwe is because him and triple h created magic Mm -hmm. second biggest reason is his son works in nxt his son is currently in nxt on the nxt roster So he's down there training in Florida. I know specifically he's being trained by Steve Carino. He was already trained, obviously, but Steve Carino is putting him through finishing school. So his son is in NXT. So that now leads us to the third reason. And this is the alleged reason. Once again, not confirmed, but widely reported that one of the reasons was he didn't find a reason for him to be in AEW because he's just being, because it's just a manager. Because when he would try to help young guys out, they want to take the help. And we've heard this before mm-hmm. from other people, including whether you like him or not, CM Punk. Right. And there's been a lot of people echoing that statement. I know FTR had talked about Uncle Dax in particular, It talked about, hey, CM Punk would take the time with anybody who wanted it, but a lot of guys didn't want it. Mm-hmm. That was so it's like something that's been talked about even by guys on the roster. So, you know, sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire. What do you think about these allegedly coming from the camps around William Regal?
1: I think it's very telling. I think that the mystique that is getting portrayed for AEW, there's a lot more realism going on with that, that you've heard time and time again that you have this wealth of knowledge that is there between William Regal, Arn Anderson, and the names that are there that can try helping and improve that product, and yet we're hearing time and time again they're getting brushed off and nobody's listening or nobody's taking advantage of it. Agreed. So how are they expecting to grow? And then if you have somebody that has that much experience and could be the game changer that that company needs, and you're letting them walk out the door because you're not utilizing his talents. I mean, it's just mind blowing to me.
0: It's 110% mind blowing what we're hearing here. Uh, it was definitely put into Twitter form by Justin Labar. Uh, Justin Labar works for Wrestling Inc. He also is a contributor for Busted Open Radio, amongst other things that he contributes to. Uh, I wouldn't say that, he, and, and there's no shots at Justin. I think he's a very good guy. And uh, Put it out there. He's not quite Mike Johnson on my scale of like the guys that I'm like, oh man, when he says this gospel, but he's like a step below, mm-hmm. which is not that bad because there's a lot of opinion with Justin Labar, and I think he's f- phenomenal. Right. Don't get me wrong, and, and he's a really nice person, so I don't think anything wrong with him. Here's what he had tweeted today as we're recording on Monday. So, what I'm picking up is Regal done with AEW. Back to WWE soon. Close with Triple H, but also his wisdom and coaching not appreciated, slash received the way you would think by some in AEW locker room who feel they have six figure, multi year deals, and Regal's advice is behind times or beneath them, is what he wrote. And that, that is just kind of like simulating everybody else's stuff into a tweet. It wasn't like he was accusing anybody. No. Just kind of putting it all out there. Mm-hmm. So we've had these problems before where it seems like guys, and, and I, I saw somebody who put it out there, is that a lot of guys feel like, oh, I got over in the indies. I don't need somebody telling me how to get over. And my answer to that is this. First of all, William Regal is not Jim Cornette. Yeah, And what I mean by that is Jim Cornette is stuck in the fucking 1970s and 80s and thinks that wrestling should be done in an old way. You know, there's a lot of other guys that are, you know, Rip Rogers is the same fucking way. Mm. Dutch Mantel to an extent is that way. There's a lot of guys, as you know, that are just cranky old men about the wrestling business and the evolution of the wrestling business. William Regal is the opposite of that. William Regal understands, the you know, yes, he is a classic Matt wrestler and technical wrestler, but this is the guy who signs most of your favorite wrestlers to NXT back in the day and a lot who went to AEW, including Adam Cole, Baby. including Kyle O'Reilly, include, you know, there's a long list of guys. He's the guy that wanted to bring the young bucks in. He's the guy. So like you're talking about, you know, William Regal, a guy who has a great eye for talent and has evolved with the business and. There's two things that you should pay attention to him for. Two things. One, his wealth of knowledge should be able to tell you how to do things right and more effectively. And two, he has been on and around American television for a long time, including running it. Including running it not just in NXT, but he is also an agent in WWE. He's been in the in the business of, of running televised wrestling matches per, by either being an agent or being the top guy in charge for quite some time now. I'd say at least 25 years, maybe? Easy. Give or take? Easy. Com- uh, with being on and running, yeah, easy 25 years. It, probably more. Probably because you could go back to his English days, even. I'm just talking about WCW to present day. So there's he's probably forgotten more about the wrestling business than any of us could hope to learn.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And so why wouldn't you want to come and sit under that tree? And, and especially where AEW does struggle, and we've said this before, with booking televised wrestling, with getting the hooks and the stories out there. And compelling people to come back and watch. And we're seeing a lot of that recently with their sub 900000 ratings. Once again, you know us, we're not all about the damn ratings, but we're at the same time, you gotta, we gotta call it like we see it. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna come back to something that's alarming and also is a feather in our cap because we were the first persons people to bring it up after this about TV ratings and why William Regal should have been the top priority to be re signed and given a bigger role and force people to do things. Am I wrong? Or what is your thoughts on guys? possibly not taking advantage of the learning tree of William Regal.
1: It's foolish. This is a very big problem for AEW that they didn't take advantage of the knowledge that Regal has. Regal built NXT with Triple H. So most of the superstars you see on AEW and in WWE right now came from that brand. And with Regal's knowledge and, and polish, they became mega superstars so why would you not welcome him in and say hey I want to get myself over sure you might have gotten paid if you're making you know the high end figures but at the same time if you want to leave a legacy behind money fades memories don't you need to really step it up and really catapult yourself to the next level because you had somebody there that could have got you there now you're back to square one so how is that going to play in your favor
0: I agree. I agree 110%. So what's telling here, and, and by the way, I was off. I said it was earlier today on Monday. Technically, it was late last night on Sunday because we record on Mondays usually. And it was 10.37 p.m. on 12-4-2022. If you would like to go look up the tweet, just at Justin Labar, J-U-S-T-I-N-L-A-B-A-R. The reason I'm saying if you would like to look it up for yourself, because we always like to put it out there, is because when you click on comments, the top comment is from Brian, uh, Brian Pillman Jr., at Flying Brian Jr. on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And this is what Brian Pillman Jr. has to say. This is not entirely true. There are several of us, myself included, who spent multiple hours before TV working with Regal and learning from him. Should there have been more? Maybe. But he and Danielson always had a solid audience around the ring before TV. So Justin Labar goes on to respond to him and say, Brian, I'm glad you're speaking out because the biggest thing of what i said is some if you or any others were picking his brain good on you and bust of luck absolutely to which brian goes i know you said some i just didn't want the narrative to be that it was just standing there preaching to the air some days there would be 10 guys out there soaking it in some days it would just be me and wheeler and lee i didn't mind when his attention wasn't spread as thin justin labar responds fair And this is where character limits on Twitter come to play. Not all, but something that can't be ignored when you have a wrestling god of information. Those of you that took advantage, good on you and your careers will show that. Brian Pillman Jr. goes, yeah, I wasn't trying to argue, just wanted to add some context. Justin responds, understood and good on you to do. Keep being BP Jr., exclamation point. Look forward to more from you and seeing you down the road. And Brian Pillman Jr. responds, you as well, my friend. And uh, first of all, I would like to point out an internet conversation that wasn't an argument. <gasps> Kudos to Brian Pillman Absolutely. Jr., which he's always been a great. You know, if you want to talk to Brian Pillman Jr. online, he'll talk to you on Twitter. Yeah, he will. And he'll be, if you're disrespectful, he won't, but he'll be respectful. He's a very nice person. Mm-hmm. I've had a, uh, the, the, been fortunate enough to meet him multiple times. Very awesome person. But uh, I think it was telling there because he didn't sugarcoat. He said, no, there's some. But he said, as many as 10. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was only the three of them being Wheeler. Lee Moriarty, Wheeler, Uta, and him. Mm-hmm. So, my question to you is even by his admittance, and I understand he wasn't trying to bury the company he works no, for. sure. Absolutely. He's, and, and don't get that thing. But even by his admittance, how big is the roster in AEW on a, on a show day? You know, we hear that they bring in a lot of people. I mean, I would say. Minimum thirty people there, right? I was gonna say maybe forty, maybe fifty. You know, up to thirty to fifty. Yeah, is a fair number.
1: That would be a fair number
0: most of them young talent. We're not obviously, you know, we're not we're taking the Moxleys of the world out. We're taking the Jericho's of the world out. Although I'm sure they talked to Regal, but not about that. But they do value his opinion, mm-hmm. as we know. It's the 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 black the Blackpool or combat club wasn't just a gimmick. It was guys who Regal had something to do with their career. Yeah. So they still go to him. Danielson still goes to him legit for advice. So does him Mox. So does him Claudio. And, you know, and the young kid Wheeler Udo was smart enough to sit himself under that fucking tree, mm-hmm. as you just heard from Pillman Jr. Yeah. So my thing is if you have that many people there, let's say that if you had. We'll go with 40 because 40 was in between. I like that. But let's say if you have 40 people there, if the max was 10 people there and then we can eliminate another 10 people, where were the other 20 people?
1: In the locker room doing their own thing, maybe making social media posts. It doesn't make sense if you have that opportunity to learn and make your craft better. And this is showing in the ring. Like we've had, we've talked about this many times. How many times have we said the matches were not great? Because it's the ring psychology that adds to the physicality. And if you're not taking advantage of somebody that's pointing it out or willing to point it out to you and say, hey, you should try doing this better. This will go make well for a better story. If you're not taking advantage of it, then yeah, your craft is going to stay stagnant. And you see the people that were mentioned there and looking when they're in the ring and how much they're putting on great work when they get the opportunity to. So the fact that you have 20 other people doing whatever is very telling and very alarming. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I agree with you 110%. And here's the thing. If that is part of the reason that William Regal left, I get it. I can fully understand understand that. I don't think he just wants to be a manager. He wants to help shape people. He wants to help mold people. That's why he ran NXT. Mm -hmm. And let's switch sides now to WWE, knowing that William Regal, after the first of the year, is going to be coming, quote-unquote, home to World Wrestling Entertainment to take his proper seat next to The man who's running the show I know he's not the CEO I know he's not the owner But that doesn't matter He's the guy running The actual show That you watch
1: Yeah when you think He's the head of creative Yeah when you think
0: WWE TV It's Triple H So he's gonna be taking That seat right next to it, And mind you I haven't been in love with everything Triple A. I'm not one of those people who has been in love with everything Triple A There's a lot that he's done great. There's some that was bad. But I'm saying he's hitting he's hitting more doubles and triples and home runs than he is striking out.
1: He's going 3 for 4 I
0: most nights. Yeah, you know what I mean? Even base hits because what people don't see is that wrestling, especially televised wrestling is a series of base hits. You know, if you can get bases loaded and hit that grand slam like they're doing right now with the bloodline the bloodline angle, mm-hmm. that is how you do it. We got everybody on board, and now we're hitting the Grand Slam. Yeah, You know, the game-winning Grand Slam, even in this case. And, you know, sometimes you hit the home run right away, but sometimes that single can lead to a double that can lead to a run, and that's all you're trying to do. I know it's baseball analogy for those of you who don't know baseball, especially for our international listeners. It's just a, a, a way of saying that sometimes small moves end up being part of the bigger picture, and I think for the most part, I would say 75 percent of the stuff that he has done is starting to see in a payoff and come to fruition. Some of it is already paid off, some of it paid off instantly, and other stuff is building to the payoff. Mm-hmm. There is 25 percent of the stuff that I think that he has not paid off on. no they're, they're, not every show is perfect. I'm the, still waiting for the tag division to be better. yeah, I, I think that he's going to address that. He's addressed the other the secondary belts.
1: he's He's taken a lot of baby steps with that. And I think that in the new year, we're going to see more of a push per se. But I think a lot of it is kind of held up right now with the Usos.
0: Well, I agree in that that storyline that's going on. Also, you know, I'm assuming he's going to be building that way because we've found out that by, I do believe it's the fall of 2023, the FTR no longer under contract.
1: Spring, I thought.
0: Or is it spring? It could be earlier. Uh, I, I know it's spring. It's, I know it's at sometime in 2023, sometime between spring and fall. Mm-hmm. And that could be a big draw for them to come back if they can stack yeah, up I believe that, I heard spring. that tag division. So I'm sure that they're going to try to do that, especially with William Regal being back. Oh, absolutely. So moving on, how do you think things are going to go having William Regal back? Is this going to be a big bucket of win for WWE? Is this just a lateral move? Or do you think it's going to be a worse move?
1: This is a big win huge whether they have him go to nxt and work with Shawn michaels and the brand down there or they have him working on raw as a player coach so to speak he could be the gm again and then also work with the talent behind the scenes and really improve that show which it's already starting to show signs that it's it's turning around because we've been very critical about it in the past it hasn't been the flagship show in quite some time but if you're going to make it something very respectable to smackdown putting him there i think would make the most sense and just let him work with creative and really kind of push some storylines forward because he has that talent. You know that he can do this because he did this in NXT. And how great was everybody screaming about the black and gold brand for years? Forget about the ratings. We're talking about the matches and the storylines there. That is the stuff that really built the legend and lore of NXT. Nobody cared about 2.0. Everybody is now kind of going back into 3.0, shall we call it now? But the black and gold was the standard, and Regal's fingerprints are all over it. If you want that on your show, you put him in that charge.
0: I agree. I think he's going to be in the—I think it's a big bucket of win. I think he's going to be in that right-hand spot. I, I He'll be at TV and in the back for both Raw and SmackDown. I don't think they're going to put him back in NXT. I think they're going to let Shawn Michaels' vision be down there. I'm not saying he's not going to make trips. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say he's not going to go down there and check in, because I think what he's going to be doing is— in my opinion is what he's good. The best at he's going to be looking at the talent they're bringing in. He's probably gonna go look at talent to bring in and he's going to evaluate people for the main roster and help out triple H there. I, if he wants to be on TV, I say you make him fucking just the authority figure period. Like there's not an authority figure. I mean, we have Adam Pierce doing a little whatever and I love me some scrap daddy. Don't get me wrong. How, however, especially when he's Rick rolling the internet, but, Uh, I I think that if you had him as the overall, he could do both shows, just because people would love to oh, see him. Oh, I wouldn't him. object to that. And yeah. and and think about it. He is what like he is the best at that authority role. though. That's good what he did in NXT because he's a believable badass, even though he's an older man. Mm-hmm. Like who's gonna? It's like it's like Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. Who's fucking with Regal? Regal will you know punch you in the mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I think that's very important especially in this era of WWE to have something like that. So I can see him doing that on both, but behind the scenes I think he's going to be the guy looking at the talent in NXT, looking when to bring them up looking at the young talent that's on the main roster now and going, okay here's where we need to develop these people and this person and that person. Here's how we develop them to build the strongest rosters we can and I also think that you'll probably still see him do some talent scouting out there because at the end of the day I think it's going to all do with the talent and bringing along the Talent. I think right now you let Shawn Michaels do what he's doing in NXT, and the coaches down there, they're doing it. I think they're doing a good job. Regal could be the guy once you come up to that main roster that goes, okay, we need to do this with them, and we need to do this with him, and we need to do this with her, and make it that secondary, like where we're getting the best we can from all the talent that's coming up. Because we got a lot of talent that's going to come up. Mm-hmm. And maybe some talent that needs to go back down.
1: Doesn't hurt to do that. I mean, take a look at what Mandy Rose has done since her. Going to NXT and now when she comes to the main roster, how much of a main event player is top she going to be? Top yep. tier,
0: main event. She went from being, you know, top mid card at best, yeah, to now main event, unbelievable.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So I mean,
0: I I think that maybe we should follow that more. And I think in the Triple H William Regal world, we're going to see that more. Guys go down. It's not a it, that's not a demotion. No, it's, it's not. Let's rework some shit and then bring you back at the best you can be. Mm-hmm. So. I think that the biggest loss here was for AEW. I think that Tony Khan should have moved heaven and earth to keep William Regal and put him in a role where he would have been better suited for what they need. And what they need is more compelling television. Because, honestly, if you, like I said, if you're happy with the show, I'm I'm fucking happy for you. I, you know, it's not an insult on you, but I'm watching the show as somebody who watches a lot of wrestling, independent wrestling, WWE, NXT, fucking AEW, you know, Japan, AAA. i I'm watching a lot of wrestling mm-hmm. and I'm watching their wrestling. And the thing that I've been bitching about for a long time is the storylines is the fact that when you're watching televised wrestling, we need to have compelling storylines. We're getting better storylines in wrestling revolver. And game changer wrestling in an AIW, and not a shot at any of those places because they're great independent platforms that you should watch if you want to watch good wrestling. But we're getting better storytelling in indies where they have no control over their roster; they don't have contracts. Then we're getting in AEW currently, in my opinion. And where it's showing is where the numbers, like you said, like I said, and we've said it a million times: we don't live and die by ratings. We understand that there's many ways, but it is a matrix to measure. Mm-hmm. It is also a matrix to measure by, you know, what your, you know, you know, your selling power is, your, your advertisers, your, you know, everything else. Those are matrix. That doesn't mean as a wrestling fan they're the end all be all. Because in your world, if you love somebody, something, love it, right? Yeah, that's my point. Even if you love a wrestler who is not somebody else might think is bad, or even the majority of people think is bad. If you love it, just love them. That's the point. Your fans, we're fans. It's the point. However. You can use those matrix to get somewhere, and a lot of times we see numbers stumble, bumbled, dropped. We see the the accountant in Buffalo
2: mm-hmm.
0: doing uh, all sorts of you know statistic gymnastics to tell you that year over year AEW's grown. <laughs> when we looked at the numbers on the show a while ago, and people were like, "You're crazy," but then when they looked at the numbers, went, "Oh, you guys aren't wrong." Yeah, and proved that that wasn't true because the hard numbers, the low numbers, they're all lower. And now it's really low. The attendance, we know the ticket attendance is low to the point that Dave Meltzer doesn't even try to spin that anymore. He's just like, they need to figure something out because the the, the attendance is low. And if they're going to add house shows, that's a mistake if the attendance is low. Because if the attendance is low for TV, people aren't going to come to the house shows. Right. Everybody argues, everybody will agree, WWE house shows are less attended than the television. Right? Yeah. That's on, that that's just how it works. So if you go to a building that seats 10,000 and for a TV, you have a 10,000 sellout, you're going to probably sell 5,000 for a house show. But they take that into account. Yeah. That's still 5,000. But if you can only put 3,000 asses in seats in that same venue for TV, what do you think the numbers are going to be when it's not for TV? Just 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 throwing it out there. And it's not shitting on anybody it's just that I think that we're going in the wrong direction if you would have asked me when AEW first started whether house shows were smart I said yes because I thought they should have gone out there and built the brand in-house shows because then they could have tested markets to come back for TV and, and been honest about it. Hey, we're a new company. We're going to come to your you know, mid-market or small-market town because that's where you should have started. You know, still do the big market cities, but you know places like where we live in Binghamton. Mm-hmm. Which for right now, if AEW dropped Dynamite in Binghamton, it would be a 6,500 person or 7,000, I can't remember what we see for wrestling, sellout. Guaranteed. I, I'll put money on that right now. They would sell that building out. 65, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, but we would sell out. Am I wrong? No, we'd sell out because we love TV. Hell, if they brought a house show. WWE brings house shows here. Don't bring TV anymore. WWE house shows do five thousand in Binghamton. Mm-hmm. So, could you imagine if you even a house show would probably be four or five thousand for AEW? Make closer, maybe, maybe do a sellout because it's something we haven't seen. You're we used four. to be we used to be uh, decent for ECW shows. Mm-hmm. So my point is, like, you should have done those when you first started, and you could have tested markets like Binghamton and other markets, and been like, oh. If they're gonna show love and give, you know, out of sixty five hundred, give us four thousand to five thousand, then we're gonna come back with TV because then we'll get the sixty five hundred, and invite and, and, and all the way up the board, right? Yeah. But they didn't do that. Okay, that's fine. I argued that because then you got guys working in the Indies, all sorts of crazy stuff. Now it seems that they're going to go there, but the biggest problem is they're down in ticket sales, which is noted, mm-hmm. and the ratings, which the accountant from Buffalo kept telling us was so good, are not. And we went over those numbers, and finally, somebody in major media and a major publication wrote about it. Yep. Now, to be uh, – so this is from a Forbes article called AEW Rampage Ratings Have Nose Dived 45% in Young Demo Since 2021. Uh, wow. To be fair, the contributor who wrote this is Alfred Canua, who is a big-time AEW hater. Yes. But he does write for major publications. So I will I will be crystal clear there. Here's the writing. AW Rampage ratings have set, cratered in 2022, particularly among young viewers. According to Nielsen data, AEW Rampage viewership among young adults 18 to 34 has plummeted 45% compared to last year. In a further indictment of Rampage ratings, AEW Dynamite has mostly held up year over year among young adults, dropping just 2% in that category. Rampage's low viewership has added to the litany of underlying problems in AEW, including CM Punk's apparent exit from the company and raising real life tensions backstage. AEW's problems have been intensified by the huge momentum swing towards WWE in the Triple H era. WWE Raw viewership increased 14% in young adults, 18-34, to during the fourth quarter of 2022 compared to the fourth quarter of 2021, while WWE NXT on Tuesdays has seen a 16% increase. Nielsen Research also indicates viewers are watching wwe for longer periods of time following vince mcmahon's retirement slash resignation in july paul triple h levec took over as head of creative in wwe sean michaels who heads up at wwe nxt was promoted to senior vice president of talent development creative aw rampage has gone in the positive or the opposite direction sorry this quarter, the November 11th, 2022 broadcast of AEW Rampage fell out of the top 50 cable originals, drawing its second lowest 18 to 49 cable original ranking in history. Just days after a surprisingly bad rating for AEW Dynamite, which posted its lowest 18 to 49 viewership since early 2021, mm. all signs point to AEW Rampage doing far worse. Yikes. AW Fast National ratings this weekend suggested yet another cataclysmic week-to-week decline for AW's Friday night B show. The preliminary Fast Nationals reported a scary low 353,000 total viewers, with 95,000 viewers in the 18 to 49 demographic and just 21,000 in the 18 to 34 demo. These numbers represent declines of 14%, 36%, and 53%, respectively, compared to last week. That's just in a week. Fine, final ratings for AW Rampage, which are usually higher, are expected to be released Monday, which I did get them, and they were right about right, 353. Even when the final ratings are released, they go in, uh, Rampage is on pace to draw below the subpar 411,000 viewers from its Black Friday show. Last week's broadcast on November 25th was down 21.4% in the 18-49 to 49 demo, which was a steep decline backed by a viable excuse given the holidays. This week, however, excuses will be fewer and farther between. AEW Rampage matches typically come with little to no stakes, storyline development, or title changes. At the end of a 10-hour week of WWE and AEW programming, even the most dedicated wrestling fans need to be incentivized to spend their Friday nights with AEW. AEW must continue to search for answers to make Rampage Destination viewing the way it was when CM Punk debuted with the company to the tune of over 1 million viewers. Thoughts?
1: Great article because I think it was very factful in what he was saying. I I think he hit it right on the head. There is no real incentive to watch Rampage, because there's really no storyline build in there that's going to hook you as a viewer. If you're bleeding AEW, you're going to tune in and watch. But there really is very little storylines that are there to really say like, Friday night, I got to watch the show like there's some great matches on there from time to time. And I will say they've been featuring Orange Cassidy defending the Atlantic title there, which I think is their best champion storyline going on right now because he keeps taking open challenges out of nowhere, which is what I think they should be opening up dynamite with each and every week. I digress.
0: It it is pretty fun the way he does it.
1: Oh, yeah. I love how he does it. And that's like the hidden gem of Rampage. But a lot of times the incentive is coming across as we're announcing the matches for Dynamite. Well, why does that matter if you're going to just pop out on Twitter minutes later and then just repeat it? People don't need to tune in. They just go on social media and find out. It doesn't make any incentive to tune in and watch. And sure, you might catch a wrestler you, you haven't seen there before, like Mance Warner when he wrestled. It was on Rampage. Yeah, it's great if you want if you're a fan and you want to see somebody come in from the forbidden door, so to speak. But after that, it all goes back to the storylines. And this is one thing that we were kind of talking about with Dynamite this past week. There really is no storyline buildup. That's why fans have not been tuning in. Sure, the athleticism is there. Don't get me wrong. But really, and you're in. let me throw this back to you, Rich. Are you invested in the main event that was this past week? Death Triangle and the Elite?
0: No. Because we've seen it too much lately.
1: Exactly. We've seen it too much lately. It was thrown together after an upset win by Death Triangle at Full Gear, which they should have just ended it right there and then started building the storyline up. But no, as immediately announced we got the best of seven. And you're trying to force it down everybody's throats to make people care about this, which they don't right now because the stigma of the media scrum is still haunting around the Bucks and Omega. Love it or hate it, it's still around there. And I think that's turning some fans away from the product. So forcing them into the main event spotlight, no matter how great the physical abilities are in the match, it's not enough to make people want to tune in. And then the build-in, you don't really have anything. You're trying to force storylines in that people don't care about. I'm sorry, the thing going on with Jade Cargill, who's really invested about that right now? I Probably nobody. Yeah, exactly. That's just my opinion. If you are, hey, do you. But I digress. If I'm talking to a lot of the wrestling fans on Twitter, which I do, Everybody is still saying, I'm not tuned in for the storyline. Like, I don't care about this. I want to see matches. I want to see great in-ring work. That's there, but it's been almost few and far between lately because we've been trying to force storylines in that nobody's invested in and promos that are just not working.
0: Well, I'm going to quote again our good friend Stu from the Stu World Order podcast. Shout-outs to him. Uh, When he said, going into the last pay-per-view, like, oh, you know, yeah, the storylines aren't there and whatever, but usually the in-ring stuff gets it done. And I've agreed for a long time. Sure. I think that that's taking a turn, though. I think that the, pro- the biggest problem is that we're seeing the same matches over and over and over again, which was what separated them originally from World Wrestling Entertainment, mm-hmm. is that they were doing fresh new things, and they were showcasing new talents, and now we're getting to see the same things over and over again. And the people you want to see are disappearing from television for long periods of time. Take the Adam Coles out of it because he's injured. Take uh, Hangman Page, who had just made his return but was injured. Mm-hmm. I Semi return because I don't think he's hundred percent. Yep, I think they're just putting him in the storyline, which is good. I'm not complaining. I'm just right. saying. So you take those guys out because injuries happen. But why not Ricky Starks?
2: Mm-hmm. You know
0: we've seen him more lately, but still, you know it's hit or miss sometimes. Yeah. Will Hobbs? We've got a vignette for Will Hobbs after being in a three way that was pretty decent. I, oh, I liked it. I, I thought it told a good story. Mm-hmm. And I think he should have won, you know, because I think Will Hobbs should have a rocket, you know, strapped to his back. And I understand they're kind of repackaging him in a way, but why do that? Just put him in the fucking matches and then you can do the vignette, too. Yeah. Like, you know what? You know, what helps out wrestling in the ring time. Mm -hmm. Darby Allen's one of your biggest stars and we don't see him on TV as much. Lately, we haven't. No. Uh, Now, basically, uh, the House of Black is relegated to Rampage and Buddy Matthews is talking about how he's a free agent. Yeah. At the end of uh, at the end of this month. So going into 2023, uh, three, he will be a free agent. So who knows where it's going to go? Mm-hmm. He's, you know, and he's talking about he's excited. It's an excited time to see who wants to, you know, maybe I'll go here. Maybe I'll go there. Maybe I'll do this. You know, there's a lot of moving pieces going on. And I get that might be why you're pulling some stuff back. But with everything that went down with the Alistair Black thing and everybody, you know, speculating and everything going on with that, you would think that you would finally put a focus on that man. Mm -hmm. like why is he not in the picture for a title why is he not in a picture for a main event spot why are they just coming out and squashing people that nobody cares about because nobody cares about the factory facts on rampage and there's your answer to why rampage is not much ctv and unfortunately dynamite is getting close to that we're not seeing people you want to see and and i get it if somebody would be like oh well there's some new guys and that's why they're not showing them no they're putting the same matches between the same guys on tv and occasionally throwing you a fucking bone Mm -hmm. occasionally throwing you a bone or this guy's on tv to build a story this week but he's not on tv for the next two weeks and that's not how you build a story yeah take prime example
1: this past week dax from ftr was finally on tv to wrestle brian danielson and then suddenly now We're going to have FTR take on the acclaimed.
0: By the way, on Wednesday, they teased that there was going to be an announcement uh, with the tag belts going to be on the line next on Rampage. And then we get to Rampage, and we just basically get the match out of nowhere Mm -hmm. that we've been waiting for. Mind you, money match that we've been waiting for that should have probably happened at the pay-per-view.
1: Exactly.
0: You want to sell pay-per-views? That's how you sell pay-per-views. You know what my fear of it is now? My fear is that it's going to end in some really weird fucking shit on Wednesday, and then the Ring of Honor tag titles will be on the line on Saturday against the acclaimed.
1: Oh, no. I'm going to one-up it. The gun club is going to interfere, and it's going to be FTR versus the gun club on Saturday. Even worse. Yep. It's going to happen because when you're having these storylines, that are going I down. I mean, we're speculating on this later, so I don't want to go too far in yeah. the weeds, but continue though. No, but this is the problem that you're having. When you have your champions on and they're not featured on TV... This is what's causing the problem. And like they say, I'm going to go back to the Jade Cargill thing. I love seeing Jade wrestle. And she has the biggest future in this business by far of anybody. But why are we sitting here wasting the time trying to connect it with Bow Wow? Like, I just, I don't get it. Yeah, and picks
0: more relevant celebrities. Yeah. Bow Wow ain't relevant. Exactly. That's the whole point. Like, <laughs> you
1: should be featuring Jade on there and just building that streak up. So, whenever that challenger is that's going to take the bell from her, that's the
0: story. This is the problem, though. WWE brings in Logan Paul. Yeah. And whether you like him or hate him, he's a needle mover all over the industry, not just in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, your answer is Bow Wow? Yeah. Th- like I say, it does not equal out. Yeah. I don't think so. So. At, at, to close this all, this opening segment out, big bucket of loss for AEW losing William Regal. Huge. Should have kept him, should have tapped into more of his stuff, probably would have kept him that way if you would have tapped into more of his energy. And I'm not just talking about guys taking advice. He should have been one of the guys you are having run shit. And, and guys shouldn't have had a choice but to work with him. That is the facts. Mm-hmm. Now, WWE, big bucket of win, getting back a huge, solid piece in the back that's going to only help them out, in my opinion.
1: Oh, absolutely. There's no way this is not going to win for WWE. They've just added a major force to improve their brands that were already improving to begin with. So imagine when he he finally gets settled in the new role.
0: Kudos, kudos. That's going to do it for the opening contest of 607TWS. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll be coming back with the mid-card in the indie Roundup.
3: same as it used to be But it's mad how I've watched you grow And change I know because of the man who tells he That he thinks that you're the one He's the same, to you went Well, I hope you see his other side Before it gets too late for you To run away Where will you going He starts to turn and you see its insecurities begin to take control?
0: That is right, it's time for the mid-card of this week's edition of 607TWS. Let them have it, Ken em. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Of course, the mid-card in the Indie Roundup is brought to you by Fight TV. More specifically, Fight Plus, the, uh, the streaming service you can get from Fight for $4.99 a month. That's right, $4.99 a month. And uh, with that four ninety nine a month, M, you get what? You get
1: GCW and its entire back catalog. That they're adding more to each and every day. Glory Pro Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Revolver, Black Label Pro, West Coast Pro, and the and AIW. The list goes on and on, folks. It is the best deal in independent pro wrestling bar
0: none, and I will say that. Yes. And on top of that, you also get two free freight credits a month, which works out to be two bucks. So you're only technically spending two ninety nine a month for fight plus on top of that you get like i said you every p- live event you get it this past weekend we had a great great ones that we're going to talk about here in a second you get those plus there was slap fighting on this week
1: yeah i didn't get a chance to check that out yet i
0: didn't, didn't watch that yet but you can watch the replay because once you once you have fight plus you can watch replays as well so i suggest you go on over to fight.tv and sign up to fight plus 4 four ninety nine, and trust me you will not regret it facts Let's talk about what we uh, previewed last week that happened this week on Fight TV. They had three, count them, three stacked cards of independent pro wrestling. Let's start with Game Changer Wrestling, shall we? Let's do it. On Saturday, Game Changer Wrestling was in Sagat, Illinois at Pops Nightclub for GCW Wasted Time. This card is a banger. Uh, Dave Prezak and Nick Manoana on the commentary. Uh, Your opening contest, Starboy Charlie defeated Jack Cartwheel in 13 minutes and 25 seconds. Next up, we had the tag team match where Axton Ray and the Iron Demon Shane Mercer defeated the Bang Bros, August Matthews and Davey Bang, in 7 minutes and 23 seconds. Next was a hardcore match where Sawyer Wreck defeated one of the icons of ultra-violence, Madman Pondo, in 11 minutes and 17 seconds. GCW World Tag Team titles were on the line in a three-way match. Los Macisos, Ciclope, and Miedo Extremo, your Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team champions, took on the second gear crew and former GCW World Tag Team champions, Matt Smarter and Matthew Justice, and the ECW legends, two cold Scorpio and the Sandman at the end of the day, and still Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team champions, Los Macisos. That match only got 7 minutes and 19 seconds. Next, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy fucking Lloyd defeated Jake Lander in 8 minutes and 27 seconds. Effie defeated the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch, in 11 minutes and 40 seconds. Tony Deppin, and damn near the match of the weekend. There's only one match I put above it all weekend. Defeated Jordan Oliver, 31 minutes, 59 seconds. This is a match of the year contender. Mm -hmm. If you have not seen this match, go out of your way to see this match. Jordan Oliver, the East Coast ace, it ain't just a name. And Tony Deppen, if you don't believe that he ain't one of the best in the fucking world, watch this match and tell me otherwise. 30, 32 minutes, pretty much. This was a
1: instant classic.
0: I only have one match above it l- for the entire weekend. And, and when we get there, you'll find out why. Mm-hmm. But t- for up-and-comers, this is the best match, period.
1: Yeah, if you're not sold on Jordan Oliver, just watch this match. He'll make you a believer, and wow, what an upside coming up next year for him.
0: And in the main event of the evening for the Game Changer Wrestling Heavyweights Championship of the World in a fucking death match, your champion, the man, the king, the god, god of this, this shit, shit, and your GCW World's Heavyweight Champion, Nick fucking Gage, Took on Cole Radarick, 12 minutes and 12 seconds at the end of the day, and still the game-changer wrestling world's heavyweight champion, Nick fucking Gage. All right, we kind of went off and talked about that singles match, which deserved it. Uh how's the rest of the card? What did you feel about the rest of the card? Ken M. The rest of the card was was good. However, I do have the
1: gripe with the triple threat tag match i did not understand why the sandman's entrance was delayed because i know they started the match without him i understand they want to try building up the whole you know coming through the crowd to metallica playing and sure i get that for nostalgia reasons but it seemed like when he got in there he took the bad bump and then he was
0: done i i don't know if he can work 100 percent, which it, it, let's be honest even when he was in the prime of his career sure the only thing anybody wanted to see was the entrance.
1: Right, which, I mean, they got, and then as soon as it was in, it was over and done with. It was like a blink-and-you-missed-it moment. Because I, literally, I did, and I had to go rewatch a bit. So with the exception of that match, just because I felt that was a letdown, that's my opinion, I thought the rest of the card was very solid top to bottom, and what can you say about Deppin and Oliver? Like, just fantastic.
0: My story of wasted time is this is the young talent in pro wrestling that we saw featured on this card and they stepped it the fuck up. And you're going to notice that on all three of these shows. Because, you know, you had Effie and John Wayne Murdoch, great match. Both of them are vets at this point in structure. Sure. You know, Jimmy Lloyd is a vet, but he's still a young kid. And he went out there with another young kid in Jake Lander and had a phenomenal match on short notice because, unfortunately, Nick Wayne got stuck in a snowstorm in the Pacific Northwest and couldn't make the shows. So Jimmy Lloyd, once again, Mr. Utility Player, being the utility player, Uh, Sawyer Wreck has been making a name. And I understand she fought a Hall of Famer in Madman Pondo, but Sawyer Wreck went out there and had a banger with Madman Pondo. Absolutely. And Starboy Charlie and Jack Cartwheel opening the show, it was a great opening match to get the crowd pumped and amped up. Yeah. Phenomenal. Like I said, the story of this card mostly, and I understand there's some vets on there, Cole Radrick in the main event Mm -hmm. for the title. Huge moment for him. I'm going to say this, and you're going to hear it again on the next GCW show. The youth of pro wrestling is fucking alive and well, and in Game Changer Wrestling and in Wrestling Revolver and a bunch of other places. Man, if you're not paying attention, you should be, because these kids are fucking killing. I say kids because I'm an almost 40-year-old man, mm-hmm. and most of them are in their early 20s, if not teens still. Yeah. Kids.
1: It's, it's crazy to think of just how much youth talent they have in GCW and how much they step up, and you wouldn't know it unless you it's caught their ages. Like They
0: have been putting on some very, very solid work over the past year. I will say this. On the same night, Saturday night, Wrestling Revolver, at the same exact time on Fight Plus, you had to make decisions. Ken yeah. M watched Wasted Time, and unusually for me, I usually watch Game Changer Wrestling, but I knew he was going to watch GCW, so I took the bullet, quote-unquote, <laughs> <laughs> what a bullet it was, Yeah, right? exactly. To watch Wrestling Revolver's season finale from the Horizons Event Center in Clive, Iowa, because uh, it went down at the same time. But you know what? I did watch all the shows. I just I thought it was same. funny that I took the yeah, bullet. Yeah, I know.
1: It was kind of like the coin flip, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. He knew I was watching GCW. But I definitely caught this card, too.
0: So let's go through it. The opening contest. Ray Phoenix defeats Zachary Wentz 8 minutes and 50 seconds. This was an opener. Yeah. This was an opener. Uh, Next up, Marina (laughs) Shafir defeated Billy Starks in 6 minutes and 4 seconds. All I got to say is I felt so bad for Billy Starks. This is my least favorite match of the weekend. Even more so than the three-way tag match. Same. By the way, what she can't do in AEW, she can't do anywhere. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm sorry. She's not good. Yeah. Next up was the Golden Ticket Scramble match. Steve Macklin defeated... Uh, by the way, I called that. Steve Macklin defeated One Called Manders, Crash Jackson, Jake Chris, Madman Fulton, Matthew Palmer, and Rocky Romero in 7 minutes and 22 seconds. Steals a win in the scramble. Wins the Golden Ticket to get a shot at the uh, Wrestling Revolver title anytime, anywhere he wants. Mm-hmm. Next up, the PWR... Actually, it was any belt, but let's be honest. You always got a world title. Well, until... Austin Theory. Yeah. PWR remix title on the line. And uh, by the way, interesting thing with the remix title, the champion gets to name the stipulation. I don't know if you caught on to that. It's true, though. I thought I heard that and I was like, that's interesting. By the way, a heel Alex Shelley coming out to a remix of Tell Me Lies. Oh, my God. This was epic. Pro Wrestling Revolver Champion Alex Shelley uh, took on Masha Slamovich. And in the beginning of this match, I thought it was... Alex Shelley as a heel is phenomenal. He says, hey, I'm going to give the lady the choice. She can pick whatever match she wants. She picks a death match. And he goes, yeah, that's nice. Just not here today. <laughs> so it's a submission match. <laughs> 11 minutes, 33 seconds at the end of the day. Still your PWR Remix champion, Alex Shelley. However, Masha Slamovich fucking hanging with Alex Shelley. She's a she's having a great year. Right now, I don't under I don't know if there's anybody that I'm... I think she's going to be my breakout wrestler and possibly my women's wrestler of the year. I'm just saying, throwing it out there. By the way, at the end of the show, uh-huh, intent, we're going to tell you how you can vote in the Brodies. Mm-hmm. Next up, we had a fucking death match. Jessica defeated Allie Catch, 13 minutes and 47 seconds. My only criticism of this match, I thought it was very good. My only criticism is they called it a death match.
1: Yeah, and
0: it didn't look like a normal death match. I thought both ladies killed it, though. No, it was a great match, but killed it. But I think when you called it a death match, we were expecting a lot more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No offense to both ladies, I thought they did a good job, though. Two of the top women's wrestlers in the world. Period. Facts. PWR, PWR World Tag Team titles were on the line. Your champions, the OGK, Matt Taven, and Mike Bennett, defending against Infrared, Logan James and Tyler Matrix, and Dad Scout, Dan the Dad and Jake Manning. This match got only 5 minutes and 58 seconds because in an upset of this century, your new PWR World Tag Team champions, Dad Scout.
1: Did not see this coming.
0: Dad Scout pulled it off.
1: I can't go wrong with Dad Scout. How excited are you for Dad Scout? I, dude, you know me. I love Dad Scout.
0: Unfortunately, short-lived uh, little uh, celebration because out came the one the valet for one Ace Austin mm-hmm. who pointed to the screen and said that we were, we were going to have a little message for Dad Scout, and we got the Bullet Club uh, entrance music, if you will, and when we got it, it was the best tag team in the world is what I believe they're calling themselves these yeah. days. Yeah. Ace Austin and Chris Bay, and they said, hey, we're in Japan in the uh, tag team super, you know, the, 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 the super tag, we can't be there. But next month, next show, Dad Scout versus Ace, the Bullet Club's greatest tag team, Ace Austin and Chris Bay. I am so here for this match. Next up was the Revolver Championship match. Your champion, JT Dunn, taking on Trey Miguel. This match got 18 minutes and 50 seconds. And at the end of the day, and your new PWR World's Heavyweight Champion, Trey Miguel. However, remember what I said about Steve Macklin in any time, any place? Well, this was a hard fought battle between JT Dunn and Trey Miguel. Out comes Steve Macklin, cashes in the golden ticket. 21 seconds later, your new PWR World Champion, Steve Macklin.
1: Perfect. Absolutely perfect.
0: Now, remember I said that there was one match. Yes. There was my match of the weekend, and, and, and you'll see why. The next match was it. In an international dream match, and I mean this. This mm-hmm. match was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Kenta defeated Speedball Mike Bailey in 21 minutes and 44 seconds. This match is everything we hope for and fucking more.
1: This is a match of the year candidate.
0: Absolutely. Any other weekend, Oliver... Versus Deppen is the best match, right. mind you. Being second to this is not bad in my opinion because this match was everything it was. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have a gripe here in a second. We talk about it at the end because the main event of the evening was the Hell of War match, which is a two out of three falls match where the first is a regular wrestling match, the second is a hardcore match, and the third, in this case, was a some kind of like veteran ambulance yeah. match or match, which was just a it was just a cargo van.
1: Yeah, just yeah. It was just kind of a messy end.
0: Rich Swan <laughs> defeated Swerve Strickland 14 minutes and 54 seconds. I thought it was good for what it was, but when you come off of watching Kenta and Mike Bailey, I thought that should have been the main event.
1: I agree with you, too. It, it really took the wind out of the sails here.
0: I, absolutely. Other than that, as a whole, what did you think of pro wrestling Fantastic card.
1: Absolutely fantastic card. And, I mean, speedball and Kenta. I need that ran back. Dude, that match was phenomenal. That, <sighs> yeah.
0: Phenomenal.
1: Can't, can't describe it any better.
0: Well, that's going to bring us to the last match of the weekend for Game Changer Wrestling. It was at the arena in Jeffersonville, Indiana, and it was GCW one afternoon only. Ready to talk about it? Yeah, let's do it. In the opening contest, Starboy Charlie defeats Jeffrey John in six minutes and 46 seconds. Another showcase of two young talents. Mm -hmm. Next, in his return to Game Changer Wrestling, the motherfucking truth. A.J. Gray defeats Axton Ray in 8 minutes and 22 seconds. Great match. Great return. Doesn't look like A.J.'s missed a step. Next, the East Coast ace Jordan Oliver defeated one called Manders in 6 minutes and 26 seconds.
1: <laughs> Brutal match, but good
0: match, too. And I'll say this. After the night he had the night before in that 32-minute match, it was nice to see a shorter match for him because yes. I'm sure he was tired. Oh, yeah. But he still delivered him in one called Manders. did a great job. Eight-man tag team extravaganza as Ally Catch, Sawyer Wreck, and the Second Gear crew, Mance Warner, and Matthew Justice defeated Infrared Logan James and Tyler Matrix and the Bang Brothers, August Matthews and Davy Bain, in 10 minutes and 5 seconds. And by the way, anytime there's an eight-man tag, what do we say if SGC is involved?
1: This is going to be a fight. This is going to be a brawl. This is going to be absolute Do mayhem. Do not
0: sign that contract. Well, that too, yes. Because goddamn 10 minutes and 5 seconds. Now, mind you, I'm not saying it, it was not one-sided, but those, they, they beat the piss out of them. them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> they, they they gave them offense, but they beat the piss out of them boys. Uh, next up. Shane Mercer, the Iron Demon, defeated Jack Cartwheel thirteen minutes and twenty-seven seconds. Very good match, oh, dude. Shane Mercer is one of the best kept secrets in wrestling, mm-hmm. and Jack Cartwheel making his return to Game Changer Wrestling after spending some time in Japan doing his thing. Yes, and it worked. It, the dynamics worked very well between these two. Next up, coming off of his loss against, uh, you know, Mister M.D.K. himself, Nick Fucking Gage, Cole Radderick, the King of Shape Mountain. Wrestled Effie to a no contest, 12 minutes and 28 seconds. And uh, why was it a no <sighs> contest, Ken?
1: Charles Mason. That son of him.
0: a bitch, Charles Mason. God.
1: Every time we have a good match. Every time. Every freaking time.
0: Well, after we got a little six man tag team, uh, they didn't call it a death match, but it was pretty Yeah, much it was a, a death, death
1: match. match, let's be honest.
0: The rejects, the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch, and Reed Bentley tagged up with the Hall of Famer Madman Pondo as they defeated Los Macisos, Ciclope Miedo Extremo, and Jimmy fucking Lloyd, 12 minutes and 56 seconds. Do you think this sets up for the Rejects to get a shot at those James Changer Wrestling World Tag Team titles? I don't
1: see how you can't, to be honest with you. I'd love to see this for a title.
0: And in the main event of the evening... Tony Deppin defeated Billy Starks. 14 minutes and 47 seconds. By the way, this was a great match. Billy Starks, has come so far at 17 years old. She is one of the best female wrestlers on the planet. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that she started her career by bugging people to train her in that building Yep. to now main event the biggest independent wrestling company on the planet in my estimation. Game changer wrestling and against one of the best wrestlers in the world. Of course, after the match, Tony Depp and Dewey being an asshole taking some liberties as we build towards and Nick fucking Gage making the save as we build towards Nick Gage versus Tony Depp on December 16th in Cali- in Los Angeles, California yay, for the Game Changer Wrestling World's Heavyweight Championship. We will be previewing that next week. What did you think about the main event, Ken? Uh,
1: great main event. I mean, Billy Starks and especially she's just coming back from a tour of Japan. There, Yeah,
0: she was on a little brief tour of Japan. Dude, yeah, two, three weeks. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, she is definitely one of the stars of the future that you definitely got to keep an eye on. Great match. Great main event. I'm already going to go out on a limb. We're going to be saying end New next week. I think that they did something very un-GCW-like. I think they telegraphed it with the ending, with Tony Duffin getting the finisher from Nick Gage. So I'm going to say on a limb, I think it's Tony Duffin's time, and I think he's going to do it. And I, I, I'm I, still kind of mixed, though, how I feel about the post-match storyline building with GCW a little bit, because we've seen it more lately than
0: we than we have in the past. I think they're trying a little bit. I think, that, I think they're now swinging into the gear of, hey... This is who we are. And I mean, they had some success with it with RSP and with 440 back in the day. And then they kind of just like let the juggernaut roll. And I think now they're trying to go back to doing stories. And I think it's working for them because they work so much. And they are compelling, but I don't think everybody's involved in one. And I think that I think that we can wrap this up and make it a little better. But I will say this. They are trying. Yeah, no, like I say,
1: it's just something that I picked up. and And for me, because when I really got into GCW, they weren't doing this. Like, it's just taken me a little while to get adjusted to it so i think that's kind of where the disconnects coming
0: in well i agree but you, you also have to remember the bad part about indies doing any storylines is you don't have the talent every time. yeah
1: yeah that's the one thing so
0: you're running into these weird problems they have done some weird things like a couple weeks ago when they had cole radrick or well, first they had tony Deppin call out yeah Nick Gage, and then the very next match cole radrick does the same which we already knew the match was happening with cole radrick we didn't know about the tony depp match that was a challenge that mm-hmm. was accepted and I thought it was very weird and uncharacteristic to do both in the same night. And I didn't like it as much. Yeah. So there is growing pains, but once again, I think that that's mostly caused by it is still an India at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. No. And that's why I say it throws me off for a bit. But it's, I'm not saying like I'm like 100 like no. I just it's just for me when I started getting into GCW they weren't doing this. So it's taking me just. A little while to get used to well when you started
0: they were watching they were doing subtle stories like they were doing the jordan oliver on the losing streak story yeah and then the feud with atticus coger but it's saying like the
1: post-match stuff like that's right, what, right, that's right. where yeah, going yeah. that's where i'm kind of saying it's just a discount. most of but, the
0: end of the stuff yeah
1: yeah so i'm just saying like it's for me it's taking a little while getting used to but i'm not mad about it but i just tell you like i feel he telegraphed this one like that's just my opinion this one
0: well you never know we're gonna find out in about a week and we'll be uh previewing it then maybe tony Deppen. 607 TWS's favorite asshole Mm -hmm. might end up being your new Game Changer Wrestling World Champion. Another great banger for Game Changer Wrestling and Pro Wrestling Revolver. there's no big indie shows going down there's there's always indie shows going down but there's no big ones going down Fight Plus check out what they add on there you can also watch older stuff as well as check out IWTV you know we don't always talk about it but IWTV independentwrestling.tv check them out $9.99 a month if if you can't get enough wrestling it's a good place to go Mm -hmm. I have that subscription as well so and there's some great promotions over there. West Coast Pro is still over there and a big West Coast Pro fan. Oh, I thought West Coast Pro went to fight. No, they oh, didn't. Apologize. They stayed, they stayed back. Really. Sorry, you did say it earlier. Sorry, I didn't even catch you to correct you. But no, they stayed over there. There's a few other brands, obviously uh, H2O and stuff as well. So check them out. There's still a lot of great stuff on IWTV. There's no reason we can't love it all. Absolutely. Well... That's going to bring us to the end of the mid-card and the indie Roundup. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, it will be the main event of this week's edition of 607TWS. As we preview not one, but two shows going down this weekend. NXT's got a premium live event. Also, also, we've got Ring of Honor Final Battle 2022. All that and more after this final break.
1: Wrestling fans, are you
3: ready?
0: Uh, Let's
3: get ready to rumble!
0: That's right, it's time to rumble. It's time for the main event of this week's episode of 607TWS. And we got two previews to kick off this main event, but we're going to kick it off with... There's two shows. They both go down on September the 10th. Or September, sorry, December. I'm going back in time, man. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm trying to go back in time. December the 10th, this Saturday. I'm leaving it in there because that's funny shit right there, sir. (laughs) Uh, First off, we're going to talk about the show that's going down. At I do believe it has a 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time start time technically. It's the pre-show, if you will. And that would be Ring of Honor's uh, final battle coming to you from Arlington, Texas at the College Park Center. And... My problem with this, I, I have a problem. I'm a, I'm a Ring of Honor fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a purist, if you will, of Ring of Honor. This fan. is true. And Final Battle to me means Hammerstein Ballroom, New York City. Mm-hmm. And I understand in years past, in these last few years, they've been doing it from Baltimore and shit because whatever reasons. Yeah. But like, if I'm Tony Khan and I own Ring of Honor, why not bring it home for fucking Final Battle? It's a great question. And New I, York City loves Ring of Honor. New York City, for the most part, loves AEW.
1: Mm-hmm. It's always been a home base for Ring of Honor. So why you're not running it there is beyond me, but hey, I don't I don't make those decisions.
0: And I'm not completely upset. It's not like I'm like, oh, poo-poo on this sure, because it's from but Arlington, still. Texas. I just think that it would have been nice if it would have been from the Hammerstein. Yeah, I agree with you. But it's not. So let's go into uh, what it's going on. By the way, $40. $39.99. Yeah. On traditional pay-per-view, if you live in the States, you're stuck with BR Live. If you're international, you lucky bastards, you get Fight.TV. Mm-hmm. So, let's break down the cards, shall we? Let's do it. In a match of how the fuck, why the fuck, and who the fuck, even though I love the some of the people involved, Swerve in our glory, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee, yep, you heard that correctly, are taking on Shane Taylor and J.D. Griffey. I love Shane Taylor. Mm-hmm. We all know this. I think he's awesome. Make sure you follow him on social medias. He's great for inspiration. But why in the fuck do we have a team that broke up allegedly. last pay-per-view? Yep. It, it, what, what the fuck is this? Why is this carrying over to Ring of Honor?
1: Yeah, it does. this makes no sense. I understand they, they did a promo on Rampage, which I did not catch, but I caught just a quick glimpse. And I don't understand what the hell is going on here. That's why I say I put the allegedly on there because maybe we missed something that happened on Dark or Elevation. I don't even know. But it doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, I don't get it either. Uh, next up, uh, you got a pick for that win. Um, I'll say Shane Taylor. I'm going to say Shane Taylor as well because I don't understand where the storyline is going since they've already broke. I don't get it. Yeah, I just there's yeah there's nothing to this. Next up is the uh, singles match for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. Your champion, the Samoan Submission Machine Samoa Joe, defending the title against rock Hard Juice Robinson.
1: Well, Robinson just signed with AEW. They put up the graphic yep, and all yep. that jazz. So uh, this will be a really good match. I will say that. But I think this is all Samoa Joe.
0: Samoa Joe's retaining because let's be honest, he's going to carry the double belt for a little while in his feud with Wardlow. Yep. Next, we have the Ring of Honor Women's Champion World Championship on the line. You're the Women's World Champion Mercedes Martinez defending the title against Athena. This is going to be a really good match. This might be the best match on the card, to be honest with you. This should be a really good match. I agree with you there. Once again, though, it's kind of one of those, like, the blurred lines. Well, I'm going to save it for the end, but who yeah. do you got in this one? Uh, I'm going to say Martinez wins. I'm going to say Instil as well. Next, we have the Pure Wrestling Championship match. Your champion, Daniel Garcia, defending the title against former champion Wheeler Yuta.
1: You know, if I hadn't seen this happen, I don't know how many times by now, I'd probably be more excited about it. But seeing how the whole feud came together on that really odd promo between what's ever left of the Blackpool Combat Club and the JAS, I honestly just don't even care about this one. I'm going to say Garcia because I think that he could do a lot more with the belt if they give him the time to.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say Garcia too. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. And I'm with you. I just, I have zero cares. Yeah. I mean,
1: we've already seen this match happen before. And it's not saying it's going to be a bad match, but this is a problem that AEW does.
0: We'd like to hit the rewind button too many times. And talking about uh, possible, like, giving it away, we have a singles match for the ROH World Heavyweight Championship. Your champion, the Ocho. You should take offense to that. I do. Chris Jericho defending against the former champion Claudio Castagnoli. And if Claudio Castagnoli loses, he will have to join the JAS.
1: Well, since there's no more BCC, I mean, I think the writing's on the wall here.
0: Claudio's going to be JAS. Yep. By the way, AEW faction. Yep. Listen, here's my problem in a nutshell, and I just want to throw it out there. I'm not saying we're not watching this pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> But. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that if something better is going on on Saturday, me and Kenan are going to be doing something different, and then we're going to fucking come back and, you know, maybe catch the highlights. Yeah, we will be pre- reviewing it next week. Do not worry. Here's my gripe. forty dollars. You want people to spend forty dollars on a company that has no television. Mm-hmm. You want people to spend forty dollars on a defunct company that probably is going to add FTR. If they were smart, I still don't want to see it because that means that they fucking, you know, did something stupid on Dynamite. But if they were smart, they would do F T R versus the acclaimed. As much as I don't like the screw job ending and then run it back for the ROH titles, I don't I don't like it. But it's better than the other option, which is to have the gun club interfere and then gun club versus F T R. That's what we're getting. No, I, I'm I'm yeah, with I know. you. I'm just I saying know. that the other is at least better. Oh, the other would be so much better, but
1: then again, here we are because for some reason we're going to keep a or FTR away from the AEW tag team titles for reasons.
0: And it pains me to say this as a Ring of Honor fan, for a longtime fan from watching the company from 2001 on. It pains me to say this is a defunct company. You know, let's go. Let's take it get in our way back machines. And some of your younger listeners might not understand this, but go ahead and go on the WWE Network and find it. Or you can just click it into YouTube. The night that Shane Douglas threw down the NWA World's Championship Mm. in ECW and and declared himself the ECW World's Heavyweight Champion. Because they didn't have a world belt before. They did have an ECW title when it was Eastern Championship Wrestling. The following week, they closed down NWA Eastern Championship Wrestling and created Extreme Championship Wrestling. And he is the first Extreme Championship Wrestling World Champion. But he threw down the NWA's 10 pounds of gold. And during the throwdown, uh, he does this whole elaborate thing. If you've never seen it, it's legendary. You should watch it. For those of you who've seen it, know what I'm talking about. But after he does the whole and of the Rick Flairs and uh, Dusty Rhodes. Rhodes and Rick Steamboat, and then, you know we're gonna do it, Dad, which was by the way the call symbol that he didn't chicken out to Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. He fucking takes and throws the belt down, and he goes, "I'm not going to carry the title of a company that died, R.I.P. ten years ago." And in this case, it's not 10 years, but it's like Ring of Honor is, is dead. The original, what it's tied to, I'm sorry, is dead. It's gone. And most of us old Ring of Honor fans, we're not in. We're just not. No, Because I'm looking at this card, and we have, and mind you, there's talent on this card. Don't get me wrong. But Shane Taylor and J.D. Griffey were in Ring of Honor when it closed. They're getting a shot here to be here. That's cool. But Swerve in Our Glory... Although yes, both of them had wrestled in the past for Ring of Honor. They're not Ring of Honor guys, and they weren't Ring of—they're not Ring of Honor guys now. Mm -hmm. Samoa Joe, legend of Ring of Honor. Juice Robinson did—you know—had a cup of tea there when because the New Japan Ring of Honor deal. Right. But that's not screaming Ring of Honor. Next up, Mercedes Martinez, who's amazing, legend. If you're not familiar, look at her some of her old stuff. She's taking on Athena once again. Does not scream. Ring of Honor. Is it going to be a great women's? Like, the in-ring stuff is going to scream Ring of Honor. Oh, absolutely. But the match itself's not. No, not on paper, no. Because neither of them are, you don't associate them with Ring of Honor. Mm. Next, you have Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta, who both did work for Ring of Honor, but they weren't featured for Ring of Honor, and they're AEW signed guys. Yeah. And your main event of the evening, Chris Jericho, whose whole shtick it is that Ring of Honor sucks, I never was there, but I now have their world title is going up against Claudio Castagnoli, who does have a history in Ring of Honor, specifically in Sweet and Sour Incorporated. Rest in peace, Sweet and Sour Larry Sweeney. And also because he was a member of the fucking Kings of Wrestling with Mm -hmm. Chris Hero. Not saying that he didn't do singles there as well. (laughs) But once again, like Samoa Joe, he's not been there in a while. They're both signed to AEW. yeah, And this is the problem. AEW fans are tired of seeing a Ring of Honor shit on their television, which we've noted. And it's been all over the internet, in, in case you've been under a rock. And Ring of Honor fans don't want to see all elite wrestling. Yeah. But that's what you're giving us. <laughs> Where are the Briscoes?
1: I was just going to ask that, too, to
0: be honest. Where are the Briscoes? OGK, they have AEW deals, right? But they're Ring of Honor guys. Where are they? Yeah. Mind you, they just dropped the Wrestling Revolver tag titles. Wouldn't you think that maybe you throw them in a fucking tag title match against the FDR? Makes sense to me. I'd, I'd, I'd watch that match. Oh, God, yeah hmm, okay, don't worry, I'll wait. You know, Dan Housen, Dalton Castle. Now, I know that both of them have, well, Dalton Castle has a ring of has a hybrid contract. Yeah. But he's a Ring of Honor guy. Dan Housen, yes, he has an AEW contract, but he is synonymous
1: with, ring of, with ring
0: of Honor because that's where he made his name. Why aren't those guys on the card? No, we're getting, and once again, Samoa Joe is a legend, and so is it Claudio Castagnoli of fucking Ring of Honor, but they're not looked upon that as that right now.
1: Yeah, to... To put everybody under the spotlight of Ring of Honor and try selling the mystique of the legacy, you just have no buyers. I'm I'm sorry. There's just nobody buying into this. You can try telling everybody that this is Ring of Honor, but this is like when ECW was bought by WWE and we had the show with the zombie and and all the sci-fi-ness that was going on with it. Nobody's buying it. You can try selling people that's Ring of Honor, but we know it's not Ring of Honor. So the fact that this is going on And you're trying to like kind of borrow from the legacy. It's just not working. So, I mean, I'm not excited to check this card out. I'll be honest with you. There's no match on here that's making me say I want to drop 40 bucks for this. This is just my opinion.
0: I agree with you. Uh, By the way, I would like to apologize. Earlier I said it was at a normal start time at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is not. It's at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Oh, that's
1: right. They're going early.
0: So I want to apologize. I got that wrong. I'm not going to go take it out like some other people and hide it. I just fucked up. So 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time if you're interested. Just so everybody's on the clearing page, had to look that up because I, for some reason, it hit me that it wasn't, and that's I don't know. I, I am I wrong to like be kind of up, I wouldn't say upset, no, but betrayed by some of this. No, you're exactly right. I mean,
1: for anybody that has grown with that brand, you have a right to be mad, and that's why I say, like for me personally, I am not interested in spending forty dollars for it because it's not Ring of Honor. If you try selling, it, it's like AEW whatever, then maybe. But I'm telling you right now, if you're trying to sell me as this is Ring of Honor. It's supposed to be a separate brand. It's supposed to be all this difference. What is the difference in all honesty? Except what, the pure championship? Because that's a belt that is that the rule set is not an AEW. Other than that, what am I missing? It's exactly the same. If I was watching Rampage, if I was watching Dynamite, if I was watching Dark or Elevation. Sure, in-ring stuff will be good. I will say that, but as far as me being invested to really check this card out, I'm sorry. I'm not. This is just my opinion on it. If you're all in about this, hey, more power to you, but me, sorry. I'm just, this is not Ring of Honor, so I have no real burning desire to check this out, but that's me.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's weird. It's just and to me. It's just weird. Well,
1: that's the whole thing, and that's what kind of kills the the vibe for it. Like, if you're going to sell it as something else, sure, but if we're trying to like extend that, this is Ring of Honor, and there's a real difference. Like, what is the difference? In all honesty,
0: this day and age, what is the difference? That's the question I pose. Agree? Yeah. I can't. I can't agree with you any more than I agree with you. <laughs> it sounds no. weird to say it that way, but it is. That's true. But it is. Um. So that's going to bring us to. Also on Saturday, NXT Deadline. It's the premium live event coming to us from the Performance Center. Well, sorry, the Capital Wrestling Center uh, down there in Orlando, Florida. And it's going to be on the Peacock. Cock, cock the, the peacock. peacock. And right now it's weird because they listed it on Sunday, even though it's on September or December 10th. I keep saying September, Ken. I'm yeah, trying to go back in time. They keep listing it on sunday but it's on saturday the time that they have a listed on sunday for 7 30 p.m eastern standard time for the Mm pre-show there is an uh ufc card but then again nxt is a niche audience anyways and it'll probably still be over before it'll probably be over close to time yeah so i I, i'm tentatively saying this is going to be on saturday at 7 30 p.m eastern standard time uh for the pre-show 8 p.m for the main show I don't know that might change Mm -hmm. because they've been very weird about this event. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't put it fucking directly up against. So keep your eyes tuned because I think that they might take the shots. And I'm just saying it because it's been very handled weird because remember when they first announced it? Yeah, they announced it for December 10th. Everybody went, oh, final battles on December 10th. And then they didn't have a time. And even right now, technically, they don't have a time listed because on Peacock, they're listing it for Sunday, but saying it's December 10th.
1: Yeah. I I can't make this shit up. No, it's just an interesting uh, play they're doing right now. I'm going to say it's still going to be Saturday night, 8 p.m., but that's just my own opinion. I think
0: I'm agreeing with you. I, I'm I'm thinking so. Yeah, I'm 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 hoping so. <laughs> so, of course, this ma- right now we've only got three matches officially announced for the card. Obviously, I think they're going to add two more because usually they do about five on these events. Maybe with the new style match, they might just only do four. Mm-hmm. WWE's been good at these uh, shorter pay per views. Uh, less is more, if you will. Uh, but the two of the main the matches are this new match, and I'm going to explain the rules to you because. <laughs> I, I, I understand them, but it doesn't mean I like them. Okay. So, of course, the match, and we're gonna get a men's and a women's one, is called the Iron Survivor Challenge, which was created by Shawn Michaels and announced the rules uh yeah on the November 15th edition of NXT. Here are the rules. Two wrestlers start, and every five minutes another enters until all five are in the match. After the last wrestler enters a enters a time limit begins each time a wrestler is awarded a fall they earn a point the wrestler on the losing side of the fall goes into the penalty box for 90 seconds the winner of the match is the wrestler with the most falls at the end of the time limit so if you're doing the math two people start every five minutes somebody comes in and like war games the match technically doesn't start until after the last wrestler enters mm-hmm so you can't get points prior previous to the last man entering or woman in the case of the women's match.
1: Right. So whenever the last wrestler comes right, into the match, right, just
0: like war games, you can't get the win until everybody's in. Yeah, it's not war okay. games. Right. Each time a wrestler is awarded a fall, they earn a point. So you get one point for each fall you get. But your opponent, or sorry, not opponent, the person you get the fall over has to go into a penalty box, a la the King of the Mountain. Nah, match. I was just
1: thinking that, Jesus, for
0: ninety seconds. So, I mean, I guess that's a pun. You know, I. I, So, one of the problems I have in a lot of matches, there's no logic to no punishments. At least they hit the punishment. I still don't like it. And then the winner is the person who has the most falls at the end of the time limit.
1: I don't like this concept at all.
0: Basically, it's an Iron Man Max mixed with King of the Mountain mixed with war games in a weird way without the cage.
1: This is just a combination for disaster. I feel. Sorry, cutting it right down the middle. As much as I was complaining about Ring of Honor, I'm going to complain about this match. I just don't see how this is going to be anywhere good. I'm sorry. Like, this does not have me excited.
0: So, it's going to take 15 minutes just to get everybody in the ring because they are yeah. five-person matches. So, let's start with a men's match. Okay. So far, we have Carmelo Hayes versus J.D. McDonough versus Garrison Waller. Or Grayson Waller. Grayson. I, said, I said Garrison. I'm just trying to hope it's somebody different. Versus Joe Gacy. Versus TBD, which I'm sure that's going to happen on this week's edition of NXT. Mm -hmm. In an Iron Survivor challenge to determine the number one contender for the NXT championship. So the winner is the number one contender for the NXT championship. Who do you got in this match? I mean, obviously we don't know the TBD, but we know everybody else. I'm going to say Joe Gacy. I'd love to see Joe Gacy win this. And the reason I'm saying Joe Gacy is I feel like they're going to do big things with him. I mean, they did put The Rock's daughter in his faction. Mm -hmm. So I think this is the start of that.
1: I am going to take T B D. So I will I will I will play the field.
0: Okay. And who do you think the T B D is going to be? Just guess. Is Timothy Thatcher able to come back to the roster? I don't you know. know if, I, well, I mean, he's not signed anywhere if you're that's what you're asking. Well I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's him. Ah, a little he, surprise, a little complete surprise. Then. Yep.
1: Okay. I'm gonna take the surprise to win. But I I'll say this if it's Joe Gacy, I will mark out completely.
0: I'm gonna shock the world. I'm gonna say it's Eric Young. Ooh! technically he's done and if he's coming back he doesn't have to stay in NXT but it'd be fun to put him in this match
1: oh yeah it'd be fun it'd be fun to just mix it in there just I like I say this should be Gacy's but he's already kind of had that like little skirmish with Braun Baker before so I think they're gonna go with somebody new for this all right so here's
0: the women's uh, (laughs) iron survivor challenge I hate saying that name even Zoe Stark versus Cora Jade versus Roxanne Perez versus Kiana James versus TBD and the winner gets an NXT Women's Championship match, obviously. Hmm. Who do you got in this one?
1: Um, it's great. It's a great lineup there. It's
0: tough to kind of pick. I'm going to take Zoe Stark. Really? Okay. That, that's a good pick. I am going to say, because I think that there's too much upside. I think it's going to either be Cora Jade or Roxanne Perez. One of them is going to cost the other one. I think it might be Roxanne Perez finally because, you know, Although it could be Corey Jade because the one upson, yeah, that's
1: it's gonna what be I a say. little cheap win. I could definitely see that happening too. I just think like something that happened like Nikita Lyons would try to interfere or do something there.
0: Yeah, you could have that too. Well, last but not least, for the NXT Championship, your champion Braun Breaker will defend the title against Apollo Cruz.
1: This is gonna be a great match. I agreed, man. Who'd I
0: got? I would love to say a new. I really would.
1: But I think it's still Braun Breaker's time.
0: I'm going to say what I've said before, and it's going to be what it is. If Braun Breaker is coming to the main roster, a la in the Royal Rumble, whatever, whatever, Apollo Cruz wins the title. Mm-hmm. If Apollo Cruz doesn't win, that doesn't mean Braun Breaker's not coming up. But I'm just going to say, if Braun Breaker's coming up for any kind of big thing in the Rumble or whatever, Apollo Cruz will win the title. If not, Braun Breaker's going to keep the belt. Yeah. And that's not even 100% logic, but I just think that that could be the thing. Because once again, re- repackaging and rebuilding, getting Apollo Crews back out there would be good to put the belt on him. We also know the big man's going to have to come up at some point.
1: Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. I mean, this is going to be a fantastic match regardless, though. So I'm super excited to see this one. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say Breaker just because I, I don't think they're going to take the belt off him just yet.
0: All right. Well, that goes down at possibly 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On Saturday, December 10th, make sure you keep checking because that could fucking change. I think that after NXT, we'll have an exact time for that. Mm -hmm. So just keep your eyes out there, wrestling fans, because it could change. But I'm assuming right now, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, on December the 10th, Saturday. Yes. It's definitely on December the 10th. It's definitely on Saturday. I'm going to say 7.30. As of right now, from all evidence that we have. However, (laughs) if that changes, you know why. Mm Mm-hmm. And is there a possibility it might? It is 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 a guaranteed possibility. Well. That's going to do it for this week's 607 TWS. But before we go, Ken M, tell the fine folks one more time how to find you and the ODPH podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join
1: the conversation on the social media accounts. They're all right there on the front page, including the T public link, the Patreon link, the parlay points blog link, the classifieds, the directory, the music section. If it's anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can be found at odphpodcast.com.
0: And let me keep it short and simple. If you want to find me in the 3FN podcast, go to 3FNpodcast.com. All the links are there that you need. Whether it's social media links, whether it's Patreon or T public or friends of the show or musical or sponsors, they're all there. 3fnpodcast.com. Next week, we will be back to talk more pro wrestling. We will review both NXT Deadline and Ring of Honor's Final Battle 2022. On top of that, we will be previewing the GCW's America's Most Wanted. that will be coming down from Los Angeles, California that following weekend. And all the wrestling news and everything else we can talk about. Until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most important... Oh!
1: No, we can't close on this note because the ballot came out.
0: I know, but I, you know, I, I wanted to act like we were not going to talk about it. So the end of the show, is happening out. No, I'm joking. So Ken M, tell the fine folks how they can vote for the Brodies. It's very simple, folks. The year-end awards that we do here at
1: 607TWS, the Brodies. The ballots are up right now at odphpodcast.com. The link is there right on the front page. So you click on the icon and you fill out the ballot and let us know who is the best of the best of 2022 in the land of professional wrestling. And the ballot is going until December 29th. And then the first show of the new year is our Brodies Award. So see how your votes went and we go from there.
0: There you go. See, I was trying to avoid it for some reason. I don't know just because I like to have fun with it. I like to promise and then like bait and switch. JVD knows this. This is true. He told me I couldn't do that anymore. That's why I try to add it in as much as I can. (laughs) But hey, you know what? Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, later, wrestling fun.
3: Damn hard I can know (laughs) Shit. <laughs> Towards me, a smile I see connect from the top ropes. One, two.